What's going on, people? It is MMA by Milliken. I hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, staying positive. We have UFC Vegas 47, suspect picks. UFC Vegas 200 has suspect picks for both Bellator and, uh, you know, CF CFFC. I just kind of touched on a few of the fights there. What I'm going to start doing, though, I should have did a better job pointing out the prospects on both cards, and that's what I'm going to try and do. So even if by some stretch of imagination there's no episode, I'm going to do that on across my social media, point out prospects like Lucas Brennan, who is uh, second generation, not sure if he's second generation or third generation, MMA fighter, I mean, doing well, now went from 5-0 to 6-0, I mean, insane. He was a minus fourteen fifty. Insane arm and guillotine finish in featherweight. What I tell y'all about featherweight? <laughs> that is my division for the men's, and of course, my favorite women's division is strawweight. But um, be mindful. You have, if you have a disdain for the women's flyweight division, you got to let that one go because there's actually more women's flyweight. More women who are in flyweight than pretty much any other division. Strawweight is pretty stacked across the board no matter where you go. But yeah, women's 125 is, is a, it's a lot of fighters in that division. So you're going to be seeing a lot of flyweight fights. Uh, why we didn't see any women on this card for Bellator makes no sense to me. I'll get into more detail about that when I go through recaps toward the uh, end of the podcast. As per the course, I'm going to start with listener questions because my I was fortunate enough to be able to get questions that helped me do my suspect picks. And we're going to start with my girl, my homie. Now, she's Nick Nick. We know her as Nick Nick or some people say Nicky P. She's on Instagram as nmade777, lucky triple sevens. And she actually had two questions for me from Instagram. Yeah, you got to give us a follow, both of us. You got to give us a follow on Instagram. What's wrong with y'all? Oh, now, if you are one of these uh, folks, and I understand, I understand. First and foremost, I'm going to say something I understand. The people who want to boycott Spotify, you know, and then I don't know what happened with Facebook, but uh, hey, stocks dropped. Apparently, there was a used stop drop, stock drop for Facebook. So whatever is happening is, you know, whatever people are trying to do has been, you know, has been working, as it were. Uh, remember, what's up? It's what's up? What, what app? I, I can't remember the damn app. <laughs> There's three apps that are connected to Facebook. Instagram is one of them. So if you're going to... Delete Facebook. Yeah, you need to. You can't make Instagram an exception to the rule. Uh, yeah, there was a stock drop for Facebook as a whole, but as long as they have Instagram, they'll be fine. You know, uh, apparently it was a lot, a large sum of money. So I don't know what people want. You have to specify what you want with this stuff. Spotify. Apparently, a lot of artists are still considering taking off their content. You can't actually find my our pod, my podcast on Spotify. Um, that's just a joint venture between them and Anchor. Uh, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know, but I certainly understand why people uh, want to do it. So her question right off the bat, who you got? Hermanson versus Strickland? I got uh, Strickland. I have Strickland. I, I just think that, I mean, now is, you know, because I had a live dog for Francis Ngano. Didn't really have one for, I mean, I, one of my underdog picks did cash. Uh, again, for the uh, previous card, um, non-UFC related. I'll talk about that in the recap section. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really have a live dog. Uh, nothing like I did, like, say, with Francis. You know, Francis was pretty much as, you know, warm people gave him a heads up. You're pretty much as live a dog as it gets. But yeah, Hermanson is the plus 180 underdog. Sean Strickland, the uh, 24 and 3. Hermanson, 22 and 6. Right off the bat, yeah, I got, uh, I have uh, Strickland. I think that he has enough in terms of his grappling to st stave off Hermanson. And again, Hermanson and his striking, to me, he can get a strike. He reminds me so much of, of a Damian Maya. You know, I thought that Damian Maya had what it took to be a good striker. He just focused too much on his jiu-jitsu. And I know he wanted to add the wrestling, but it's like you got to soften people up with strikes. And if anyone can do that, it is definitely uh, Sean Strickland. Plus, he can keep on the feet. Jack seems to not be able to survive unless he goes to the ground. And I knew that that alone would be just a horrible matchup like when he went up against Vittori. And, I, you know, now Strickland is not Vittori. If anything, I think Vittoria will whip Strickland's ass because he, he can't really, you know, Vittoria only needs to work on his striking. Even though I think Strickland has what it takes to stave off the grappling of uh, Hermanson, of the Joker, still, you know, I just, you know, it's the, the striking aspects of it. And, you know, uh, Vittoria was in there with Izzy twice. Didn't do, you know, couldn't get it done. But still, iron sharpens iron. Not that, and then that's nothing. Strickland spar. I mean, he was sparring with Dominic Reyes. Without pad, without padding on, not a good idea. But uh, hey, you know, what I mean, like this dude. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think that Sean isn't just all talk. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I got the favor in that matchup. Thank you. And Nick has another question. <laughs> she has a funny question. Uh, how high is Jay Paul? Jay Paul, right now, she was talking about him claiming that uh, he could beat, he could take on or beat, or uh, I will fight Habib in MMA if they wanted to make that offer. That would excite me. All I would have to do is just work on my wrestling skills because I could outstrike him. He is out of his mind. He is out of his mind. I've never seen a human being, a 20 year old, that stiff in all my life. Boxing is a beautiful art, of which he still doesn't have a grasp of. Beating up a washed-up Tyron Woodley, who's about, you know, he might, might as well be a statue in there. He's so stiff. Beating up wrestlers in boxing, I mean, what I say? Wrestling doesn't translate, can't translate to boxing at all. You could translate kickboxing, hell, even Muay Thai to a degree. But other than that, no. It's a different art form. And him beating up wrestlers means absolutely nothing. So, yeah, yeah, 
uh, yeah, he is pretty hot. But you know what? Hey, I got to give him credit. I got to give him credit. I mean, he got close to my girl, Chris Cyborg. Apparently, uh, the Paul brothers. Like, I don't know if it's Jake or just both brothers or whatever with the promotion going on. He's he has he's teaming up with Eddie Hearn to bring us Taylor versus Soriano. Soriano is a prospect. She's a good MMA prospect. Can she beat Valentina Shevchenko? No. She would get crushed by Val in MMA. Now, boxing, Val would obviously get crushed. Not a lot of people hold Val, at, you know, on this pedestal, but I'm sorry to break it to you. Amanda Soriano in boxing would kill Valentina Shevchenko. They both 125. They fight in the same weight class. And vice versa, Soriano wouldn't last but 10 seconds with Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, regardless of that, Soriano is a good prospect. Yeah, Paul is teaming up with Eddie Hearn. Got, a, got the congratulations from Chris Cyborg, who's also heavy in the crypto, by the way. Both individuals are heavy in the crypto. And for her, for him to get a congratulations from Chris Cyborg is huge. Is huge. And, that, and him starting his own promotion and signing Soriano is a big deal. She is, Amanda Soriano is walking, breathing history. So, you have to get to know her, uh, see all the things that she's accomplished, and definitely keep your eyes on her as a prospect. Nick, thank you. <laughs> Say, I wish the kid would, but still, I wish he would. Uh, yes, yeah, one minute he's a good business man, and the next minute he's like a cartoon character. I, I don't know. I don't know. But thank you, Nick, for this wonderful question. Hey, MMA by Milligan. It's the MMA Catfish. I don't know, brah. I'm a little disappointed. I thought, sure, you were going to mention my amazing bet. Because I didn't just bet on the favorite and claim I was amazing. I bet on the underdog in Ganu, and then I parlayed that shit on Piera and won 173 fucking or $93 cash money back to me on top of my bet, baby. You're the fucking betting podcast. I cannot believe you did not mention that shit. Now, Piero was a heavy favorite, which was obviously why I tar- tied my parley to him. But I got to admit, I was a little nervous because I didn't really research the other guy because I'm a casual and was going with my gut. And had I researched him and realized what he was getting paid, I wouldn't have worried. But you never know when Pierre might fuck around and lose a fight. He's clearly supposed to win. So that being said, you are the betting podcast with suspect picks. How do you feel about parlays? Do you like to use them? Do you think they're the fool's errand? Because I admit, I'm not going to be making a whole bunch of bets like that. I took my winnings and I retired. Now, like an MMA retirement, I may come back. You never know. But for now, I am out of the USADA pool. I'm so fucking retired. I'm out. FMP. That, of course, is the voice of, I mean, the most famous... days always entertaining now one of the things I love about catfish I love how he trashes Bellator (laughs) 
Love how he trashes Bellator. Yeah, man, and, and I don't want people to think that, I, you know, I just took the week to trash Bellator because I'm a WWE fan. But when it is, and, and, and I mean, WWE is suffering right now. They have some, yes, they have some fine women who I choose to look at. You're damn right. I'll choose Sasha Banks over some damn Ryan Bader, especially Ryan Bader versus Chet Congo. Y'all tripping. You damn right. I'm going to find something else to watch. <laughs> whoever whoever talks that fight up needs to get slapped. Uh, Bellator, you know, it's, it, it's, I can't have uh, sympathy for Bellator because Scott Coker is one of the founding fathers of when it comes to promotions, promoting fights. Not only that, he is essential because he's a big fan of women's mixed martial arts. Dana White starting out was not. Fly, women's flyweight is still relatively new. The mere fact that they have finishes and do have some talent in that division is really a testament to the ladies, not him. And the reason why featherweight, women's featherweight is suffering because Dana White really isn't big on women's MMA. That's why it took him so long to get women's, uh, when he did get a, a division, it was bantamweight. Look how it took him a long time to get straw weight. That's that forced Valentina to go up to band weight for Shawani MJ to go to straw weight. Both should have been in flyweight, which he took his time to put together. You know, you, you, you create it. They will come, period. Not the other way around. So Scott Coker, he's essential to that. I don't know what's going on with his promotion now, though. Only two women's pro- divisions. I mean, I knew he put together featherweight in hopes that Cyborg would join him which she did. Flyweight, I mean, flyweight is easier to find women in flyweight, honestly, than it is strawweight. Strawweight, the women still have a lot of options. And um, and again, you know, they're trying to get to uh, to the UFC in that division. But yeah, flyweight is a lot of women in flyweight. So it's, you know, it's it's so many so that they can be, you know, it's, you're going to have a good amount in everything. And whatever promotion has women fly, women's flyweight. So I can understand why he chose that. But not to have women's strawweight makes no sense to me. And bantamweight, I mean, my God, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey come from Strikeforce. So I don't I don't know what's going on with him, you know. Uh, but welcome, Catfish. Welcome. So happy of you to see you betting. First of all, sir, why didn't you contact me? You could have DM me. You could have sent me a message. You didn't contact me. Let me know that she's going to start betting. But welcome. Welcome. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm glad, you know, my man won and retired already. You know what? The good thing about that mentality, I love that because that means you're not going crazy with it. You're being cautious, which is the best. You don't want to bet in fear, but you do want to be cautious. I think that's the best kind of philosophy and mentality to have. You have that. Take your time, pace yourself. If you choose to, you know, come out of retirement, <laughs> dive back into the USADA pool, as it were, you know what I mean, and, and, and get back in there. But yeah, pace yourself. You know, remember what I talk about. I don't talk about the stars. I talk about my locks. I talk about fighters like Roxy Montefiore, like Josh Emmett, those who it's easier to protect their fights, easier to get the parlays. But yeah, parlays are essential across the board, whether it's boxing, especially boxing in the NFL, because you're not going to get a, lo- a big gap in those if you just put, that's why whenever we talk about someone who put, you know, thousands of dollars 
on a fighter just to win. There's no parlay. There's no nothing just to win. That's not a lot of money coming back. And usually it's the favorite. If they put money on an underdog, okay, fine. But to put a whole lot of money on like a minus 1,100 like Valentina usually is, is ridiculous. She's usually a minus 900, 800, 1,100. It's crazy. There's no money in that. There's not a big return in that. So parlays are essential. Yes, I love parlays. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I try to do my thing with the parlays, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out like that. Uh, but yeah, parlays are essential. We got um, with UFC Vegas 47. Speaking of parlays, you know, I got to throw out yet another suspect pick for our co-main event because I did the main. Let's take a look at this co-main as far as we know. I'm doing this a little earlier than the weigh-ins. You know, I like to do my recording before weigh-ins because I don't want to waste my time if the fight gets canceled putting it on a podcast. Uh, if you guys don't know that, yeah, that's some catfish knows. Also, too, guys, the catfish was actually the one who inspired me, who said, you know, I was doing it past, you know, past the weigh-ins, but I really wanted for schedule purposes to do it before then. But my man catfish was one of the people who encouraged me to say the hell with that. It's better to do it after the weigh-in. So greatly appreciate it for that, sir. We have Punaheli Soriano, 8-1, who's a minus 190 favorite versus Nick Maximoff. 7 and 0 plus 160 underdog obviously when you talk about parlays for each individual for Punahale Soriano it's going to be a KO you know not a lot of money there because he's used to doing that but if you want to do that win plus a KO Max Nick Maximoff student of the Diaz brothers submission those are the safer bets those are safer bets now if you want to take Take a chance, then parlay for Nick to do a KO. Because uh, we did see, uh, now, Point Halley, he had problems with Brendan Allen, who was added to this car. Is Brendan freaking Allen? Now, Brendan Allen is someone, it's hard to come up with a parlay for Brendan Allen because he's well-rounded everywhere. He can finish on the feet. He can finish via submission versus Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey, I, I'm going to, I'm a, that's another, I got to talk about that later. Sam Alvey, fighter pay. You know why you're not going to see increased fighter pay? Because of fighters like Sam Alvey. Why does Sam Alvey there? Oh, they'll say, he says, because he'll fight anybody, including Ngano. No, there's a lot of fighters who will fight anyone. Jeremy Stevens was released. He would fight anybody. No, Sam Alvey keeps the job because Sam Alvey hates unions. What do you need to help fighters? A union? I'm not big on idea, but a union would be cool. Sam Alvey's against human against unions. So, yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for your question. Hey, got me. I'm able to do yet the co-main for this fight card, UFC Vegas 47, UFC Fight Night 200. Thank you, sir. Always appreciate you stopping by. It is now time for Suspect Picks. Ha, <laughs> like that? <laughs> all right, people. Now, all right, gave y'all two early picks. All right. For main and co-main. Now, the Hardcore's main event is Shavkat Rockmoth M1 Challenge competitor 
14 and 0. And he'll be going up against Costin Harris, who, man, man, what a vicious finish to make his debut in the UFC 17 and 4. Plus 190 underdog going up against a minus 235 favorite in Rockmoth. Sticking with him. Uh, but yeah, if there was. It's not too many. I don't see too many. Well, I don't know about live dogs on this one. Yeah, I don't know about too many on this one. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the ladies over at Bantamweight. Maybe Jason went as a live dog. But I mean, if there's going to be a live dog, it would basically be uh, Carson Harris. From uh, Chuteau, Brazil. Now in the UFC. Uh, I mean, height, reach, virtually identical. He's 2-0 in the UFC right now. Five, five, fight win streak, 14-0. So this is a very important fight right here. Very important. Very important. Especially for the welterweight division. They need, they desperately need new blood in the welterweight division. It makes absolutely no sense for someone to go possibly 15 and 0 and not have a place you know like right now it's like yo it's it's time to talk about this dude fighting someone ranked high ranked at least in the middle of that division especially with a division that's like completely stagnant like this is this is ridiculous seriously you know i hate to, i hate to you know throw my man leech out there but leech will fight anyone Leech will fight anyone that's, uh, if there was a, I hate saying fight to make. I can't, I, I don't know why it irritates me so much, but it does. This the fight to make. I guess because half the time I disagree with, and these are some of, and some of the people who make these posts are some of the most delightful, uh, wonderful people on MMA Twitter. It just, it just irks me. <laughs> this the fight to make. No, it's not. No, it's not. But anyway, if I was going to do that, yeah, Leech, I, I'm just saying Leech because he'll fight anybody. You know, he's at number uh, 13 right now in the rankings. Uh, Santiago, I don't know. I don't know. You know, Muslim, I don't know if they want to do it. But I know Leech will fight anybody. So next up. Now, as I said before, Sam Alvey, man. Man, man, man. But this is also an important fight, though. This is the, I know you like Sam. I'll be an important fight. And again, like I said, I can't stress it enough. The all these individuals who are trying to stand on their proverbial soapboxes screaming about fighter pay, Sam Alvey is in your way. He truly is. He's part of the problem. He does he is a adamantly against unions, said so on social media. He, and and I mean I and it's, it's the thing is, I've had some bad, I have good good experiences with unions. I've had some bad ones with unions. Unions, they grow to power and then they, they kind of go crazy. And yet, and people have to understand, like, with the, um, they're going to buy the NFL in particular, but the leagues in general, but the NFL. You have to remember, that's years of putting things together. Even the Ali Act, because first of all, the Ali Act, Ali himself, they wanted, they tried to alter it back in the day. Back in 94, 95, they tried to alter it. 
to include to be uh, federal, not state. So my point is that a lot of things that go in place when it comes to boxing, when it comes to NFL, I'm just using that example. A lot, a lot of working parts, and it took a lot to get where they're at. Taking something from them or taking a page out of their book isn't going to solve the problem, especially when you have fighters like Sam Alvey who are against those things. Now, but this is still a big fight because Brandon Allen can't certainly can't afford to lose to Sam Alvey. He's coming off of that incredible performance versus Punaheli Soriano. And Brendan Allen is someone who I've always kept. I mean, I keep my eyes on all these fighters, but I can't lie. There are some fighters I'm just like, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, Mike Perry, perfect example. Whatever. You know, Donald Cerrone at this point, whatever. You know, he fights, he fights, he don'ts, he does, he wins, he yeah, whatever. And there are some fighters who, especially from a betting standpoint, I pay close attention to, and Brendan Allen has always been, because I always wanted to include him as my lock, but, you know, he the problem with having so many he has weapons he is i mean his striking is good he he can kickbox jiu-jitsu black belt and brazilian jiu-jitsu as far as i know i mean he has a lot going on for him you know uh just you know six two middleweight division 75 inch reach i mean he just has so many good things going for him former LFA middleweight champion, former International Mixed Martial Arts Federation, amateur middleweight champion. He has a lot going on for them. The problem with individuals like that is they tend to come in without a plan, tend to underestimate their opponents, and then they tend to mess around and lose. Which, hey, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Strickland did that like he did over at Fury Pro. Oh, no, Submission Underground? Was that submission on the ground Fury Pro? See, now everything's running together. But I, I, I can see him screwing up like that. Get caught with a damn flying rear neck. Come on, dude. So I can see him talking himself into a loss. So watch your money with the main. Um, but here, this should be a solid lock. If I had, if there was going to be a lock on this car, this would be it. But I am concerned. Because let's look, look at how Brendan Allen got caught by Sean Strickland. <laughs> you know, all that talent and everything, and how he got caught by Chris Curtis. That was a huge victory. That was a huge underdog victory for Chris Curtis. Uh, one that I did cash on that I, I just, I didn't really, I don't want to do it. I did not want to do it. But again, those tools sometimes want to fight. That's why I'm, I'm leery about putting money on main eventers because that coming in cocky and arrogant, Amanda Nunes, perfect example. Coming in cocky and arrogant, it, it, it man, and it, and again, I can't stress it enough. Cocky, arrogant, no plan, no plan. Get caught, don't know what to do afterwards. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this one more time. This is this will be. I mean, look, he's doing. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's the end of the world. Seventeen and five. It's not necessarily, but this this would be bad. He's a minus four thirty five favorite, Allen. Alvy is a plus 330. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alvy, as much as I, he irritates me, he is a tough dude. So, we'll see. Now, ooh, two prospects. You got 6-1 Brian Battle going up against Trayson Gore, 3-0. This is huge. Minus 160. It's huge. Trayson went through a whole lot to get to where he's at right now. Um, his, his story... 
reminds me a lot of my own story uh, that I'm still going through. Um, hopefully he, uh, hope, first of all, all these individuals, people on his plan, I just hope they find success. Because, uh, I mean, being broke, being struggling, stressing out, having anxiety attacks. And, like, when he talked about having anxiety attacks, waking up in the morning, I know that feeling, man. I know that feeling. Things still ain't cool. But I'm good. I'm glad to see this young man doing his thing. Um, you know, uh, I wish them both well, but I especially uh, wish Trezon well. This is a grudge match right here. These two men were supposed to. It's bad blood between the two. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, they were supposed to face each other on tough. Couldn't do that because Trezon uh, was injured. Here it goes. So this is a big deal right here. Um, I mean, 3-1 isn't that terrible, but for Gore to put away Brian Battle, who's someone I think the UFC is really looking forward to, this is big because, you know, got height and reach. He has to get from under. So I always look for that because height and reach is, is a good uh, it's a good advantage to have, uh, which is what Phil Rowe has in his fight versus Jason Witt. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm leaning with the favorite in this matchup here. I just think that the hard work that uh, Trayson Gore put in, he always he's he drills striking and grappling. I think that'll be enough. He'll defend the submission attempts from battle. Minus 160 favorite versus a plus 140. I'm leaning with the favorite in that one right there. Julian Rosa versus Steven Peterson, 19 and 9 versus 26 and 9. Minus 310, Julian Rosa. I just think he'll have too much for Steven Peterson. Plus, I mean, 19 and 9, you got to be focused, Jack. All these fighters need to be focused, but good grief, man. <laughs> Goodness gracious, how you come, how you miss weight, man? And he thought that he, if he took his shorts off, that that was going to make a difference. <laughs> oh, man. Good grief. I mean, goodness gracious, man. It, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, yeah. I'm I'm going with the favorite in that one. Yeah. I just, that, missing weight. Yeah. <sighs> you kind of misses weight, which he never does. But if he misses weight, it's like this, it's nothing going to happen to him. He's bringing in the money. He's taking the big fights. Nothing's going to happen to him. That's why I understand some of these jackasses, man. I, I can't have sympathy for them. I don't care what happened. It's like, come on, man. This is that's your, that's their main job. I don't. I'm tired of people getting mad at me when I say that too. It's that's their job. It's to make weight. They picked the damn division. They're the ones who picked it. Tell me some UFC. They tell you what? No, no, no. They these fighters can call them up on the phone. Yo, I can't make the weight, or they can take. A fight in a different weight class which by the way that's what Sam Alvey and Brendan Allen did uh, Allen's filling in Phil Hoss is out Brendan Allen's in so but he was like look gotta gotta you know we gotta do this at 205 can't be doing it at uh, 185 of course Sam Allen's gonna say yes that fight is at light heavyweight so it's that simple it is that simple so, yeah, Mike Johns versus John Castaneda, Eight, 18 and 5 versus 12 and 1, 
going with Mike Johns and that I mean I'm sure most people on the planet going with Mike Johns right there. The me I call him the dream. I call him the dream. But the dream mean Hakeem Dewandu twelve two and one. Man, we can't forget that fight. My man like come on, let's go. <laughs> My man like come on, let's go. He's going up against the uh Plus 150 underdog, 9-1, Mike Trezano. Yeah, that was uh, Sabara, if I remember correctly. Uh, not a bad performance versus uh, Mozart, Evelaw, who also have my eye on. That is somebody you got to keep your eyes on right there. Got to keep your eyes on. Of course, this young man right here. This is a big one. He's coming off of that loss um, by UD uh, last June. Last June, Dewando is. Seven finishes via strikes. Next up, we got Mark Andre Bro going up against GD Anchu Kawani. 13 and 4 versus 20 and 7. And uh, they came in, their eyes came in dead even. I think that the. I don't know. I think that uh, I don't know. Like the J, the striking of JD. See, that's that's what I'm I'm focused on on this one, and I think it's Chidi, which is hence is how you pronounce his uh, first name, which of course leads to his terrible nickname, Chidi Chidi Bang Bang. Oh, that's oh, oh I hate that. God damn it, I hate that. But yeah, um, if you know who this man is, you know he's a kickboxer. 12 finishes via strikes. One finish via submission. Seven by decision. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know, you know. Won his uh, contender series fight via ground and pound. And of course... Saw what he did over at LFA. Two fight, one streak. Uh, didn't, you know, kind of struggle over, that, over at Bellator. You know, uh, his last two fights out. But other than that, not a bad run at all there. Even, and, and I mean, man, who hasn't beaten up Melvin Gillard? I mean, damn. Oh my God! Who hasn't whipped Melvin Glory? That I mean, it's a sh that's a shame, man. It's a sh it is. It's, it's truly a shame. Who hasn't whipped my man's ass? Of course, the more most painful loss for Melvin was is uh, when he fought Izzy. That that was that was pretty painful to watch. It was. Uh, I, I I think uh, I'm not sure if Chitty is coming in as an underdog now. I believe that. Barrault will probably go to the ground in this matchup here. Probably will score, most likely score the victory, but I'm going to go with Chitty in this matchup. <laughs> well, I need to watch how I pronounce his first name. <laughs> Women's band, that scores a middleweight. Women's bandweight, we have Alexis Davis, 20 and 11, going up against Yulia Storylenko. And, of course, 
man. Every time I, I got you up, I got to bring it up again. Every time I bring, I talk about Storylanko, I got to bring up Invicta. When she had faced off against the battle angel, Lisa Varzosa, I got to always bring that up. Because if you have not seen it, you have to see it. It's probably on YouTube. You got to go check it out. It is one of the one of, if not the most violent women's, you heard me, violent women's fight ever. Ever. Um, you got to see well, I mean, if you if you're <laughs> it's pretty violent. It's pretty I mean, they it is it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean the gash on the Battle Angels, uh, on Lisa Varzosa's forehead is, is pretty is pretty rough. Uh, Phoenix Series 3, that was back in 2020. Went by, that's how uh, Storylanko became now former Invicta Bantamweight Champion. Yeah, you definitely, yeah, I'm always going to bring that up. That's one of my all-time favorites. And a lot of people want, they want technical all the time. Man, listen, I just, I love violence and just the toughness of each woman and they just came out and just bang the problem with Storylanko is that she wants to come out and bang and that's not always a good idea now this is going to be tough because i'm a fan of hers but this is going to be tough this is probably going to be another loss for her which will make three in a row i mean look who she had to go up against yannicko niskaya julia villa i mean she had to go up against some tough fighters but I mean, that's what people thought. And then submission. Now, versus Barzosa, it just is Battle Angel. You're going to end up striking with Battle Angel. It's understood. That's understood. But it's like, and now, now I understand not going to the ground against Avila. And I see what uh, Kuniskaya, Kuniskaya had a plan. It was to avoid the ground by just hugging Storylanko <laughs> for three rounds. It was a terrible performance by Kuniskaya because she didn't do anything but hold uh, uh, Storylanko, but hey, you got to get out of it. Storylanko has to learn how to get out of it. I mean, it's not always just straight and narrow, but yeah, she is vicious submission practitioner. The problem, of course, eight, and that's her finishes all by submission, not by strikes. The problem, of course, is she's going up against a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Alexis Davis, and Canadian Alexis Davis, who still, still to this day, has a victory over Amanda Nunez. And of course, Alexis Davis is former raging Wolf's Bantamweight champion. Of course, she is Invicta alumni also. Fight of the Night versus Shayna Baszler. There's that name again. Shayna didn't win, but, but again, again, look at who she fought. Okay, I can't stress that enough. Okay, look at who she fought. Uh, so, yeah, for her, that's why, like, with her WWE run, I'm just like, look, no offense to the other ladies, but it's like, let's see, you got Ronda Rousey there, Shayna Baszler. So when she comes in and she's just tuning the girls up, automatically getting on the, on the ground and choking them out, guess what? If it was a real fight, that's probably what would happen. So, you know, I, I, like, I like how they did her run. It's like, well... Cause I can see if I, if it was me, I could see the woman coming to me like, yo, why is she, why is she gets the win and all this other kind of stuff. I was like, well, cause yeah, it's, it's scripted and you're supposed to put each other over, 
but you, you can't really beat her. Like nobody's going to believe the people who know who she is. First of all, look at her. She looks like she can beat every woman there. And two, she's an actual fighter. It's like, no offense. Okay, scripted. Actual fighter. It's, it's not saying. You can't beat her. Really can't. Definitely sure as hell can't beat no Ronda Rousey, no actual fight. It's like, got to make it believable. So get on a campus and, and get choked out. <laughs> But yeah, um, this we'll see the thing about this fight right here. If you partake, if you do partake, again, stand and banging. Now, even though Davis finished, you know, gave uh, you know the, the 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 bing bow to Nunez. Nunez is primarily a grappler, you know. Say I've been I was stressing that on the timeline. You know, she's primarily a grappler. So is uh, Davis, but she never truly really got her striking together. However, she has held her own against some pretty decent strikers. And the thing about Davis, I mean, her first fight was versus Sarah Kaufman. I mean, good grief. Valerie Letourneau, she faced her. I mean, she's faced a lot of tough competition. Okay, and by the way, she fought Shayna Baszler twice and... uh and lost the first fight. She won the second in the rematch at Evicta FC4, but she lost the first time around. You know what I mean? So, but I, I could see Varsosa. I mean, you know, the thing that concerns me is that Davis held her own against someone like uh, Jessica I. And I know a lot of people don't have a high regard for Jessica I, but she can't, she's not bad with the volume. She's not bad with the volume. Um, but yeah, I think that if Storylanko does win, it's because she has a good plan to stay off the mat. Maybe finds a way to scramble off of the mat. I mean, you know, even black belts get rusty. Um, but I do think she could definitely get the striking together and score a victory. But I'm going with the 220, the minus 220 favorite in this matchup, Miss Alexis Davis. At light heavyweight, we got Danilo Marquis, 11 and 3, plus. 300 underdog going up against Jelton uh, Armada, 14 and 3, going with the minus 400 favorite. But again, remember, I told y'all, watch your money. Bellator, I know nobody bet on Bellator, but you know, that happened over there. Massive underdog won. So watch it. You know, just watch that. We got Jason Witt versus Philip Rowe. You know, height, reach. If Phil Rowe doesn't utilize his height and reach in this matchup here, he, Jason Witt still, I mean, a lot of experience. I mean, 19 and 7. So I could see the more experienced fighter getting under that reach, getting it to the ground, putting Phil Rowe in deep water. Saw uh, Phil Rowe try to do his thing, you know, versus Jonathan Piersma over at Fury Pro. It was good to see him over there. Good to see him over there. Had some custom rules. Over at um, versus Gordon Ryan at the return of Gordon Ryan. Lost via submission. Uh, he did have the one fight versus uh, Orion where he won uh, via strikes. But yeah, prior to that, I mean, went up against Gabriel Checo. Gabriel Checo. Checo, Checo. Yeah. And, you know, that's important because Gabriel is a high level. Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, okay, who defeated uh, Brendan Allen, which is to be expected. But he did, that's the guy who got beat up, 
got, well, not beat up, but he got smothered by the wrestling prowess of Rashad Evans. Of the ridiculously experienced Rashad Evans over at Eagle FC. But that's huge right there for him to step into the, step into the, uh, for Philip to step in there with those. Iron sharpens iron. And I love it. I love it. You got to put your, whatever you're doing, whether it's jujitsu, Muay Thai, whatever it is, you got to put it in play versus other athletes who are high level in that specific department. I love it. He shouldn't hold his head down. He went in there against studs uh, and lived to tell about it. So I expect him to do well here in this matchup right here. I expect him to learn and do his thing on the ground and standing. Malcolm Gordon, I don't know what the hell is going on with this dude right here. This dude took forever to get to the weigh-ins. I think he was the last person. Like, what the hell? 210 underdog ain't no way i'm going he should win he should win if there was another underdog pick it would be him but i just don't trust that dude i don't know what the hell's going on with that cat i'm going to minus 260 favorite in this one 16 and 3 dennis uh bundar so there you have it sucks sus spec picks now i'm going to continue with listener questions what's up milliken this is juice from the friendly sparring podcast i've got a very important question for you what, or sorry, who would win in a four-way cage match, every man for himself, between Dana White of the UFC, Scott Coker of Bellator, Chatri Sidyatong of One Championship, or Dave Feldman of BKFC? My money's on Dave, personally. That motherfucker's unhinged. But Chatri no, definitely knows some shit that the other ones don't. Let me know. <laughs> What's going on, Juice? This is an important question. Yes, inquiring minds want to know. Uh, I agree, uh, Dave Feldman. Yeah, I agree. He'll probably win. But you know, we gotta do WWE. I'm really starting to get comfortable with uh, incorporating pro wrestling themes into the show and, and, and topics and subject matters and things like that. You get the you get the old school war games. With the cage comes down, or oh man, a barbed wire match, so they could just take out each other, and then we could be done with them all together. Because I think they're hurting their. Pro- I mean, Chatry is he is he irks the hell out of me. Oh my god, Dana White doesn't know anything about martial arts. He's not a martial artist. It's like, bruh. Yes, he's out of the sitong. Jim, Muay Thai, Jim, cool. But it's like, bruh, chill. Like, he's an investment analyst. <laughs> you know? I mean, he, he does have a brown belt, apparently. Renzo, trained under Renzo Gracie, so he can throw down a little bit. But it's, bruh, you know, and he's my age. It's like, to be that old, to, it's so, I'm like sitting up here like, I made so many bad choices in my life, and I'm like, man, you're just not mature, man. You're just not growing not doing grown folk stuff then i say that to myself and then i, I listen i hear this fool talking about some dan white doesn't know anything about marshall i want to fight him like bro that's not grown it's not grown like get one championship together it's like man get one championship together one championship it, it, it's, it's i love it but it's like come on man he's still got a long way to go 
all these years, he's still got a handful. He still has less divisions. The weight cutting thing, he has to get past his weight cutting, his issues with weight cutting. He has to get past that. Got to get the rankings together. Five, you know, five fighters and to don't make up a ranking, one a single ranking. Like, like, come on, man. You know, I like Bell Torres. Like their their rankings are trash, but I like the ten. I think ten fighters over is better than fifteen. I do. Uh but it's like, bro, five ain't it getting it. <laughs> like, come on. And he doesn't even have and he has heavyweight kickboxes, but not a division for them. It's like, man, worrying about fighting somebody. But I, I do. I, I, he probably would whip uh, Dana White's ass, though. But yeah, it got, it got to be. Uh, it got to be. I'm, I'm thinking not, not Bob War. That's too harsh. But yeah, definitely. Oh man, could you imagine? You get the steel cage or just a regular ring. Oh man, New Jack may rest in peace. Had those four dudes in there. They're fighting each other, and then have someone like New Jack again. May he rest in peace. If he was still alive, have him come down with the cheese grater, and go to town on all four of them. Go to town for because they like yeah you know martial arts like yeah in the street fight let's see what that let's see that Renzo Gracie nonsense work in a street fight especially with someone against someone like uh, a new jet <laughs> oh my goodness or or Sabu or just just tap it over at the twenty three hundred arena ECW you know with those four in there yeah I want to see it but yeah 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 I, I, I do think that I do agree with you though Juice. <laughs> Loaded question, Juice. Always a pleasure. All right, con- continuing with listener questions, we got my girl Ash at Silly Little L I L podcast. She's also that's Twitter. Of course, she's a uh, I mean long term member of MMA Twitter. She's also on Instagram. She's someone who shares my taste in the ladies over at WWE and in general. She, I will always be thankful to Ash for putting me on to Gemma Chan. <laughs> yep, I, I mean, I, I pride myself on having vast knowledge of uh, attractive women, but yeah, I, I was late to Gemma Chan. Forever grateful for Ash for putting me on to her. Uh, what was your favorite fight in January? My favorite fight in January was Paul Capaldo versus. Jose Perez over at CFFC uh, just recently, uh, 105. That was my favorite one of January. The fight I'm looking forward to, uh, she, she asked, what, which fight are you looking forward to the most in February? It is Izzy versus Stylebender. It is truly Izzy versus, and I hate, I hate being, because it just seems like the, not casual, but just seems like the popular, you know, popular response to the main events, you know, it is Izzy, you know, it's, you know, I'm supposed to give some sort of hipster, hardcore response, but honestly, it's that right there, because I'm really looking at these fighters who have been in divisions, been in the business for a long period of time, who go 0-2 to the same fighter, you know, one of your favorites, Max Holloway, that's what happened to him versus Volkanovski. The next thing you know, they, he's going to you know, set a precedence for facing a fighter um, after three times. I mean, it happened before Tito Ortiz versus Ken Shamrock. Um, it happened before, but it's very rare. It's very rare. 
Now Max uh, Max got injured. Now he's back. Apparently he's going to be a reserve for the match between Volk and the Korean Zombie. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I'm looking at that. You know, we got Vaughn. that went on two versus Nunez as well. Now that whole thing is kind of flushed down the toilet after Pena won. So this would be a big deal right here. And, and if Bobby wins a trilogy, I think we will finally get... Because you need both, as you know, you watch pro wrestling. You need that heel and that baby face. You need those two people. It takes two. You need those two people, not one. You need two for that buildup. And MMA as a whole, but especially the UFC, needs something other than Connor. They need something other than John Jones. And I think that if Bobby wins, that will be massive. And now we will have something that's going to get you know, prowl up MMA Twitter. You know, so this is that's a big one right there. Thank you so much for the question, Ash. Greatly appreciate it. Next up, we got one of my main men. I mean, the MMA dude at Phil, the MMA dude over at uh, co-host of the Split Decision Podcast. I mean, YouTube, I actually found them on YouTube uh, after I got to know Phil. Just scrolling through, I'm, I'm a big time, I'm a, I'm a, man, YouTube, I'm a YouTube junkie. I, I've been, and I've been on YouTube since the beginning, since when they won the Android Marketplace. That's how far, that's how old I am, and that's how far back I go. Okay. Um, yeah, so to have a channel on there, it was big for me, and now, you know, seeing them on, they're one of the few podcasts to have a YouTube channel. And it's been fantastic. Um, it's a great podcast. You got to check it out at Split Decision. And his question is, and with Phil, someone with, uh, you know, a massive following. And it's funny because we, we uh, ended up following each other, but we got to know each other really. I, I was responding to stuff that it was MMA, it was random tweets. And I had this thing where random ass tweets get a random ass response. And that was like my theme in my early days of MMA Twitter. And that's how we connected with each other. It wasn't even directly through MMA. Um, who do you think Zabit is fighting in February? And who do you want him to be fighting? Who do I think he's going to fight? I, I don't know. But I'm thinking it has to be somebody... Lower tier, honestly, because he ducked a Korean zombie, didn't he? Duck Yar. I was, I would think they would try to put together the Yar Rodriguez fight. Now I see a lot of people on Twitter not fond of that matchup. I, I don't know, you know, because it's like he Zabit seems to avoid five round fights, so I don't know if he's coming back. But apparently his contract started in two thousand May two thousand seventeen with the UFC, and there's only four fights. So maybe he didn't leave because he got tired of, you know, he's a Derek Lewis where he didn't want to be in a five-round fight because of his cardio. Maybe it was the contract situation. And maybe, you know, the UFC's come to their senses and got him back. I don't know. I hope he doesn't duck five-round fights anymore. Um, hopefully he comes back. I would think it's Rodriguez, honestly. But I, him, he would probably choose someone lower tier, honestly. I can't see Josh. Josh Emmett may, may, may be a three-round fight for him. The UFC may do, if it's Josh Emmett, they may do a three-round fight for him. I just think that he would pick someone who's not high, so he wouldn't have to be in the five-round, honestly, Phil. Uh, now, who I want him to face would be Josh Emmett. 
Um, I just think that would be an exciting fight. You know, I'm a Josh Emmett uh, fan. Uh, that's one of my favorite fighters to bet on, or maybe in time. You know, there are times where you know bet against. But yeah, that's who I would. That's who I would like to um, see him fight. To be honest, uh, you know, sure, a lot of the ranked fight. Well, Max Holloway is my top choice. Max Holloway. I so Josh Emmett and Max Holloway. Max Holloway versus a beat would be huge. So yeah, um, I think starting out Josh Emmett, but yeah, Max Holloway. For sure. Thanks for the question, Phil. Thanks for stopping past, man. Means a lot. Now, staying with the Zabit uh, theme, we got my main man, Just a Dude. I mean, Just a Dude, early, early supporter from the de from the, the very door. He's one of the, my earliest supporters of the podcast. And, you know, um, it means a lot to me, brother. It means a lot. Just a Dude at Beards and Ink. You got to check him. I, I love how, uh, for listener questions, he always, uh, he adds his input to a, another question. And it, and it makes me think about the question. And I love it. I love it. But his actual question is kind of subjective. Question, really. That's how he, he writes it. But in your elite opinion, thank you, is the BM a good, good it? As good he and his teammates seem to believe he is. Absolutely. I believe that I got to see him versus Max. I'm not sure about Volk. Volk is pretty good with his combinations. But, yeah, he's that good. I mean, multiple-time world champion Wushu Sanda. Uh, I mean, he's under Habib. So, of course, he's going to have his ground game is going to be fantastic. When he's razor sharp, he tries to be athletic as possible, which to me sets him apart from a lot of Dagestani fighters. You know, to me, Islam is good, but he's kind of by the book as we see these Dan Dagestani fighters be. To me, Habib stood out because he could To me, he stood and banged. People just, I think his striking, to me, Habib's striking was under underrated. Uh, to me, it was underrated, you know, and people just didn't see it. They just always focused on what they thought Sambo was, which was grappling. Really, Sambo's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, and they fight in the gi, but he got his jiu-jitsu from um, Daniel Cormier, and, of course, Daniel Cormier, he got his tutelage from Cain Velasquez, who was a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, and, and that's the thing. You got DC, you got Habib there. Zabit just has too much going on not to dominate. Honestly, I mean, six one in the featherweight division, yeah, longest probably the longest reach in that division. I mean, other than Max's, so yeah, yeah, he's to me he is that good. And a follow up: Do you foresee him ending up with a belt on his mantle? Thanks in advance for your sage-like answer. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, like I said, I, he, I think he has to get... I hate to sound like I'm turning Max Holloway into a gatekeeper, but he is the standard. He is the standard. And, of course, the champion, to me, is the champion. It wasn't a fluke. Volk won both fights, point blank, period. But both men are the standards. I think that they would be interesting fights for us to beat, but other than that, absolutely. Absolutely. God forbid, uh, you know, one of them or both retires. Oh, that's it. But yeah, with Zabit coming back, yeah, I don't see who can stop him, honestly. Thank you for your question, bro. It means a lot to me.
Now, next up, we got my main man. Oh, my God. Mr. B at Mr. B1986. I hope you're okay. Remember, like I said, man, anyone out there, especially the people who are tagged in this, but anyone out here who listens to the podcast or just follows me, reach out. You know, um, I, I went through a tough time. I'm still going through a tough time. I'm finding ways to get through it. Maybe the th- ways that I find to get through it can help some of y'all. But reach out because I, I, I think it's better to talk with someone, especially if they're going through something similar to what you're going through or just going through a tough time. It may not be the same thing, but just going through a tough time. So I think those are people who can understand versus someone who, you know, they say they talk the talk, but their life is okay. Like a lot of these celebrities, it's like, whatever, man, you're rich and you're okay. <laughs> and you ain't struggling like we are out here. So, yeah, brother, I meant what I said. Reach out to me anytime, man. DMs are always open, man. And, you know, we can contact each other in other ways as well. Uh, his question is, and this is King of Hardcores. I consider myself a car- hardcore, but Mr. B watches everything. He is truly the King of Hardcores. His question is, who do you think is a better matchup for Stipe? Of the three, Gon, Lewis, or Jones? Man, fantastic question. Fantastic question. I would say, I guess it depends on what you mean by a better matchup. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, uh, See, Gon is a massive, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, strength, power, pressure. I don't think that's necessarily a good matchup for Stipe. He's fresh, he's ready to go. I think, I really think it's going to sound strange. I mean, to me, the easiest fight is Lewis. And I hate to be disrespectful to Lewis. And watch, watch Lewis come in there and knock Stipe clean out. <laughs> watch him knock all of them out. Um, you know, revenge is lost to Gon. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that John Jones is it. You know, that it looks like the matchup may in fact happen. Uh, but, you know, I don't believe a word John Jones says. I believe it when he's in octagon across from both of them. I believe when they're in octagon standing next to each other. Uh, but, yeah, I think John Jones. Honestly, it's going to sound strange, but John Jones. Because, you know, Gon uses Chris Muay Thai. And Stipe, I-, I just don't like that matchup. You know, boxing is a good counter to Muay Thai. But it's like if you don't really, if you don't come in razor sharp, those eight weapons, uh, the eight limbs, man, because then it, it, it negates the range of the boxer. The boxer is used to utilizing their range and distance management, something that Stipe isn't bad at doing. But once you get in close and you're hitting them with elbows and knees, and imagine elbows and knees from a heavyweight, from a big-ass dude. Ugh, I don't know. So I think with Jones, because Jones likes to use his range. I think no matter what, he can say whatever he wants. He's been training with Henry Cejudo with his wrestling. Stipe has his wrestling, uses his wrestling. So I think that's going to cancel that out. Stipe will get back up again if he's taken down. That's not going to work against Stipe uh, if he comes in there razor sharp. Even at, what, 38, 39 years old, I think Stipe will be fine off the ground, the boxing Versus the striking of Jones. Because he uses Muay Thai, but not really as efficient. It's nothing on the same level as Gon. But he utilizes his reach, his range. Nothing that'll help Stipe 
manage the distance. He'll be able to manage distance better versus Jones. I know it sounds crazy because I know a lot of people believe that Jones can beat Stipe. But to me, I think that's a better matchup. Because it's still on the feet. He doesn't have to worry about anything. Funky coming out. And the thing about Gon, he's just a strong-ass dude. I know he, and people, please, he lost to Francis, who's a monster. <laughs> that doesn't count. It doesn't count at all. Thank you for the question, brother. It's greatly appreciated. Now, last but not least, my main man, Jamal, the son of Thomas McTavish at McTavish Clan. Y'all know him as Cyrus King. He's still Cyrus King on Instagram. You got to give him a follow. And, of course, don't forget to check out his podcast, Combat Corner. He has a fantastic episode out right now. And, of course, he is the leader of the Hot Pass Council, of which, and innovator of the Hot Pass movement. As hot, he has his Hot Pass Inc. on Twitter as well. And I'm a proud member of uh, the Hot Pass Dons. Now, now, he, now something, he has some technical difficulties with his, with his question. I believe he had asked me about Curtis Blades matching up against, was it John Jones? Uh, no. Um, well, whatever the matchup was, he asked me about, I was a fan of it. So whatever your question, I believe it was, I know it was Curtis Blades. Now, Curtis Blades, he's someone who I wished, I think it was Curtis Blades versus Stipe. Well, either way, Curtis Blades is someone, again, he's another fighter. I don't want to make him out to being a gatekeeper, but Francis kind of made him, turned him into a gatekeeper by beating his ass twice. And he, he beat, you know, for folks out there, look, he got hit, you know, the fight was called early. Curtis was going to get his head knocked off, period. You know, Francis has a touch of death. And as we've seen, if he can't, you know, give you the touch, he's just going to scoop you up and slam you, so... Even Curtis, I don't think it would have, I think it would have ended badly for Curtis, you know, no matter what. But I don't want to make him out to be in the gatekeeper, but I do, I just, I think that to me, he's the person who, I don't know about Stipe, you know, um, but John Jones, that's someone who I truly believe that he should have fought. And Cyril Gaunt, I think Cyril Gaunt, I think it's Cyril Gaunt versus Curtis Blades, right? I think that's the fight coming up, uh, or the fight that was talked about. Either way, um, I like it. I think that, um, no, no, well, I wish Gon had fought Curtis before he fought Francis. Losing to Curtis on the ground isn't an embarrassment. Curtis is an elite wrestler, and I just think that that's the ultimate test for John Jones, and certainly would have been a test for, um, yeah, because, no, that's what it was. Curtis Blaze called Cyril Gon out. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I, I like the fight. So I like that matchup. I think it's necessary. As long as Curtis breathes air and is in that division, these dudes need to go through him. You know, I don't want to make him out to be a gatekeeper, but they need to go through him, truly. Uh, and I believe you had asked about Captain Crunch Cejudo. <laughs> Henry Cejudo. Is he, is he uh, overrated? Um, uh, I mean... A lot of people want to see, I think people wanting to see him come back. I hope it's not for this silly character that he does. The silly WWE style character. People want to get mad at people who are fans of WWE. Not you, but you know, people on the timeline, they want to get mad. But it's like, well, what, 
if you if they're given an okay for this WWE shtick that Henry and Kobe Covington do, how can you, you can't sit they can't sit up there and get mad at us because we want to watch the actual WWE. You know what I mean? But I just think he needs to drop that nonsense. I think he needs to drop it because it's hard for someone like Dana to take him seriously. You know, he retired, he got stripped of a title, got retired. What's the incentive of coming back? Especially with the Francis Ngannou situation going on. What's the point? He gets the belt, he's stuck with, and for more money. I mean, if the UFC buckles and give him more money, good for him. But going to the featherweight division, Dana's not going to be a fan of that at all. And we saw how he was talking about it. He's there. There's nothing he's supposed to go. And then, and then what I hate about fighters like Henry and even John Jones, you're going to duck the rest of the division now? You know, especially featherweight? Also going to duck zombie, duck just this fight, Volk. But then he's, then he's going to forget about Peter Yan, all the things they call him Peter Yan, potato and all those kind of things. He's going to forget all that. But as a fighter, Henry Sahut and teacher, as a fighter and teacher, to me, he he's great. He, I mean, he's a gold medal winner. You know, enough said. He's a gold medal winner. He did win two titles. He did beat Dominic Cruz. A, you know, I, I don't know. Putting him on a best of list with, you know, flimsy title defenses, nah. You know, he's 1-1 versus DJ. People are like, oh, he beat him. That makes him the best. No, he's 1-1 with DJ. <laughs> if there was a trilogy, then we can see. We can sort that out. But, yeah, nah. I'm going to have DJ above him. He he wouldn't be, you know, it's so many great fighters. Especially featherweight division, he wouldn't be go past no uh, Max Holloway. Certainly not going to rate him above uh, Jose Aldo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's you know, he's not going to be above Anderson Silva. I mean, I could run off 10 fighters. You know, if I did a top 10, Henry wouldn't be on that list. You know, so I don't know if that's, you know, shutting down him being necessarily overrated. I think he's a tad overrated. Just a tad. You know, do they need him in Bantamweight? Sure. I think he would be, be a breath of fresh air in Bantamweight. Featherweight, he he barely made the weight. You know, he barely made the weight. Didn't defend, you know. Wasn't really about defending the title. Probably because he really couldn't make the weight. Moving up to Featherweight, you know, he's, he's just going to get destroyed at Featherweight. You know, come on. Zabit is six feet one. He's six foot one. We got some six foot bantamweights, but come on, Zabig, come on, he whipped Henry's ass. <laughs> What's the point? It's, it's no point in him, you know, even really coming back. I hate to be harsh, but there's no point in him really even coming back. You know, what I mean, if he does, great for him. But I just think from a business standpoint, it makes no sense. He's better off as a coach. You know, I, I think he's he's better. He helped uh, Figgy out. To me, he did help. You know, we both agreed that he helped Wade Lee out. He should just and just call it a day. You know, what I mean, plus. With this contract situation, money, it's not worth it. Thank you, brother. I believe that's what your question was. Had to give you a shout-out on the podcast because you're another one of my um, best supporters, brother. And that is it. If I forgot anyone's question, please let me know. But I'm pretty sure that that's it. Thank you all for the support. All right, recaps. Now, Aries, fighting championship. I got to say, man, I'm just, I got to say, Robin Black. Listen, Robin Black, good, always been good to me. Always been, I mean, just to, always been good to me on uh, on Twitter timeline. I, uh, 
yeah, he, he just, he, he talks too much. And he talks like he's Randy Couture out that joint. It's like, look, I love Randy Couture and Frank Mir. What's great about Randy Couture and Frank Mir as commentators is they, they were both very fair. Very fair. Uh, you know, Robin tries to talk like he knows everything and everything that fighter's about to do. It's like, bro, you not... Veronica Macedo will, will probably step in the octagon sooner or later. Like, it's like, bro, when was the last time you, you know, lifelong martial artist, bro, when was the last time you was in the octagon? Like, like, it's like that Chantry stuff again. It's like, dude, I don't care if you hit pads. I don't care what you did out in the street, son. It's like, it, she, I want to hear from her. I want to hear from her. You know, he's, he can't give me no input on what the fighter is thinking in the moments, when he walk, how it feels when they walk into the octagon. Kept, kept giving all these assessments, man. And half of them, I'm like, that's not accurate, man. And, and uh, Sabah, uh, Sabah Hamasi is the uh, one who cashed. So, yeah, he cashed as underdog. And she's a woman. She's a female fighter. Female fighters, come on. Not that he should be quiet, but it's like, bruh, come on. So he was annoying. He was annoying. Um, but yeah, Macedo, Veronica, good to see her. Um, always a pleasure to see her, you know what I'm saying? But no, no, seriously, though. No, she, she did great, though. She's been doing great on there. Um, her commentating, her commentating, her Juliana Pena, uh, Pearl Gonzalez, that Fantastic, man. Even um, Misha Tate, when she uh, stepped in for uh, Victor, it's fantastic. It's fant we need more. Need more. Um, so, yeah, with these fighters out here who, you know, please don't cry because you got to retire or whatever. We can't fight anymore. We need you at these commentator booths. We need y'all out here, especially the ladies. We need y'all out here. To actually break down, because I just think so many of them, just fighters in, in general, but yeah, the ladies have been uh, a breath of fresh air, uh, especially ones who were just recently active. Like Laura Sanko breaks stuff down, but it's like, come on, man, what's the last time you was in the gun? Like, yeah, no, no, you know, like Misha Tate just recently fought, you know, came out of retirement and just recently fought. Marco Macedo, like I said, Pro Gonzalez. I mean, she was. Invicta, bare knuckle boxing. I mean, that, that I want to hear from them. You know, uh, competing on grappling um, tournaments. That, that's who I want to hear from. Same with Macedo. But yeah, other than that, uh, let's get back. But let's um, speaking of the ladies, women's flyweights. I want to tell you about flyweights. A lot of women there. Alexandra Tekna. Oh man, great walkout. I love I love how they do their walkouts with smoke and everything. Love it, love it, love it, and the music. You know, it's it's. I don't understand why UFC, with the largest the largest organization going, wants to tone down the walkouts, man. It's it's like, bro. I swear, Dana White. It's like, dude, take the stick out of your ass, man. But anyway, anyway, enough of my rants. I believe uh, Macedo had mentioned that Alexandra has diabetes. Pro debut versus Iris, uh, Mamour set. And wow, what a debut it was. Iris is actually the Muay Thai practitioner, but man, she got dropped bad. Hit with the right and a left. And that was the end of it. 
got finished. TKO finished fantastic. Uh, the initial fight between the uh, heavyweights. Man, this that fight right there. If only thing you do is watch that the lead fight, the or the first fight of the evening between uh, Pieta Cardosa and Alpha uh, Suzuko. It, that's the that's the that's the problem with heavyweight. You know, we talk about the great things about heavyweight. You know, knockout can happen at any time. You know, for the most part, greater percentage to see finishes there. But when it's bad, it's bad, and that's man, a heavyweight on this joint. Phew, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> I see why people. I, I still call them fighters athletes, but I definitely understand the apprehension. We'll call them athletes when you look at these cats, man. It's like they fell out of a buffet. I'm like, good grief, man. I have better cardio than these dudes do. Um, yeah, and what happened there with that first fight is uh, Cardosa was pretty much, uh, he didn't get up. Uh, you know, he was slow to get up. The ref was not playing. I mean, his one championship is, is pretty, you know, they're pretty strict with, there's no laying prey over there. If you, if, if you hate laying prey, you gotta watch one championship and Aries. You'll you'll enjoy it because there ain't no land prey jumping off. You got to work. You got to be doing something. And these the fight needs to be exciting. More action. <laughs> That's what they always yell over at one championship. More action. So yeah, yeah. These are. That's why you can't you can't just settle into UFC. You know you got you got to check out these other you know folks got to check out these other promotions. But yeah, great. Uh, fights there. Thank God that heavyweight fight was done. And yeah, the ladies did their thing. And then uh, you had an amateur, Maz Avadaya. Amateur fight, 2019 ADCC uh, trials winner. Benjamin Abduwabi. Six foot five people. Six pro fights starting to do, uh, starting out uh, with uh, boxing. Over at the MMA factory, same gym as Surreal Gone. My shot him for takedowns, you know what I mean? But uh, Benjamin, man, he sprawled good in that first round. Um, but, but kept, man, and the crazy part was there was no way really for uh, he, he Benjamin really to win. <laughs> My man got, you know what I mean? He got two technicals. I, I say technicals, but he got two fouls against him, so he pretty much lost a round. And, yeah, and then he just paid for it later. So, you know, um, again with the South, North-South choke, Jeff Monson, old school, uh, his name, uh, uh, Black brought his name up. Yeah, Jeff Monson's old school UFC. Old school, uh, you talk about a communist. He was, he was a true communist. I mean, he... Tattoos, the whole nine. Preach nothing but communism. Uh, communist? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he was. Um, yeah, he's a wild dude. Wild dude. Too short to be a heavyweight. Too short to be a heavyweight. But I always admired his toughness. Then uh, you had Dorita Norek. This was a good fight, right? It was good scrap. Versus uh, Ivana Sorio. 27 years old. Cage Warriors. Uh, this was a good fight. And, and Norik was actually, um, she's apparently a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, with the punches, you know, helped to set up the takedown. Uh, Sorik had a great guard. 
to me, it was poor fight IQ. I mean, this is a rookie, so I don't hate to. I want to bash the rookies, but poor fight uh, IQ. You shoot it on someone four times, and their, I mean, their guard is insane, and it damn near sprawling out of the takedowns. You need to stop. Four times, stop. Stop. Do something else. For God's sake, figure out something else. You know, Kasurik just proved to be actually the better grappling all around. She actually had ended up with on the top at one point. And I blame I blame the uh the corners. You know, Sorik got the ground and pound, first round finish, you know what I'm saying? Like the ladies did their thing, man. But the the fight that really was just like wild to me, the fight that was truly wild to me was uh Jackie Jean. Versus uh, Jackie Jean, sorry, Jackie Sean, uh, as pro debut, Muay Thai champion. And then we had Yassim uh, Bougarin, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> WBC heavyweight champion, uh, <laughs> I mean, my man, it's supposed to be 200 pounds. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he looked like he looked more than that. Uh, and of course, you guys should know him. He faced off against the real Gan in Muay Thai, well-known Muay Thai fighter, and that's what he used. He came in, tried to get those elbows, those kind of like elbow jabs going in. Uh, Jackie came in vicious, and um, it was like jab, elbow. You seen jab, elbow, jab, elbow. Uh, but Jackie ended up, uh, yes, yeah, something happened to Yassim's arm, and it was a huge win for Jackie. Um, not sure what happened to Yassim's arm, but yeah, that was a huge win. But yeah, the, the story of the day was really the main uh, fight. It was truly the story of the day. Godfredo Pepe versus the Lazy King. Abdul Akramanikov. Oh man, what a crazy finish for the vacant Aries FC welterweight title. It's like some crazy, uh, I guess, inverted triangle. Man, first round. Oh my goodness. Uh, afternoon, afternoon violence. That was fantastic for afternoon violence. Of course, we had the main over at CFFC. 105. Yeah, and, and Father Time is undefeated. Father Time is undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like Rex. It's like just retire, bro. It's, it's really time. It's really time for that cat to retire. Uh, seriously. You know, th 39 years old, as I always say, Father Time is undefeated. Terrible, terrible fight. Uh, yeah, but wasn't a fan of the fight at all. What's bizarre about this, what I just, what I didn't point out when I did breakdown, was why they had the title fight, uh, the vacant heavyweight fight, was on a prelim. So it was, it was bizarre. Ian Alston, Alston. Stun Alston won beat Akuma Matters 
to uh, get his hands on the CFFC heavyweight title. Cameron Scalio won by UD, along with Dylan La Paul Lomento, who now, uh, you know, again, he's rookies, 4-1, 4-2 and four and one, four and two for Ian, uh, e, Ian Alston. Manny Morales, also 1-0 now, improved for, uh, for his uh, unanimous de decision, got that number on his record. Got Efren Escarino, climbed to 4-1 with unanimous decision at Bantamweight. Damian Nelson, now 3-0 at Featherweight. Uh, the one finish of, the, well, well, the first finish of the night, first finish of the night, then we got Joe Trezano, unanimous decision over Taylor Pierce. And one of the things I liked about Aries is at least they featured the ladies. This sausage fest, man. This sausage fest has to come to a cease. Like, come on, I need to see some more ladies. That's what was so disappointing about this card and Bellator. It's like, where's the ladies at? But of course, the fight of the night was Jose Perez versus, as I mentioned on my breakdown, well, my uh, list of questions, Jose Perez versus Paul Capaldo. What a great, great fight. What intestinal fortitude shown by Perez. Make a featherweight, featherweight, that's my jam right there. Both men now are six and one. Bellator. Ah, yeah, got the geezers, the geezers out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell you, man. Whew. That was rough. Watching that was 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 a little rough. Except for Lucas Brennan. Did his thing. Definitely did his thing. But uh, what, what a terrible fight. What an, another, t the main event, I'm sorry, main event there was terrible. But to me, people were saying robbery, things like that. Valentin didn't do enough. To me, he didn't do enough. Like, what the hell? Uh, he didn't do enough. Uh, Sabah Hamasi, arm triangle, in his, in his first submission victory. Fantastic. Jalen Willis got crushed. Pitiful. Now on a two-fight win. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nik uh, Nikita Makaleov. Minus one, it was a minus 1100 for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, versus Blaine. Uh, shut. Shut, I always get his name wrong. Plus 700. Yeah, for a reason, got completely dominated. Good fight with Darren, uh, with Darion Caldwell. It's a good fight. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with Bellator because it's like my girl, <sighs> damn Chris Cyborg looks like they, she's punking out. Not Chris Cyborg. Looks like Casangano is punking out fighting my girl Chris Cyborg. Oh, that was it. That was it. Talking about something I heard. Something about some drugs. It's like, come on. Come on. Benson Henderson. 
as I mean, I, look, he, it was he didn't do bad. I mean, he was in trouble at. I mean, my man transitioned out of a submission attempt, out of being taken down into a guillotine. That right there to me won to fight for. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, I always say Father Time's on the feet. I always criticize fighters in their age. But, I mean, Vincent Henderson, like I said, he, he looks fantastic. He keeps himself in good shape. I am wondering what, uh, what's going to happen with him in his future. Uh, he said he believes that he didn't do enough to earn contract, uh, a new contract with Bellator. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, it's a shame what happened with the Henry Corrales fight with uh, with the Alpoke. Shame what happened there. We had uh, Enrique Barzola. Man. Ho, 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 ho. What a beat down. Like I said, Darion over uh, Darion Caldwell. And poor side of what got his ass kicked. Damn! Oh, did he get his ass whipped by Chris Gonzalez? Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Whew, that was a beat down, Jack. Oh, man. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for joining me. Send it the show. Wrapping this thing up. If you don't do anything else, uh, when you go on Instagram, check out my reels. If you don't check out anything else, check out the reels and the stories. That means more to me than anything else. Positivity on there all the time. You know, but to me, that's where the best content is. And I truly do hope that everyone stays safe, stays strong, and stays positive. Don't forget, all you have to do is head on over. MMA by Millican or Instagram MMA.by.Millican The tags are all there. Instead of me posting a link and then you gotta go to a website to check out a bunch of links and then come back the tags are all there. Twitter especially. Twitter, so the mains are Instagram and Twitter. Bio. Just go straight to the bio. Everything is easily accessible. Lake Show is where you find diversity, is where you find beautiful women daily. So you got to check that out. Hope everybody enjoys fight weekend. Take care.